welcome to Recorder on the Wall, where we are covering all the Redwall books, the long ones and the very short ones. I'm Katie. I'm Drew. I'm Scars. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Pete. And welcome back, folks, to the probably the shortest single book we are ever going to cover. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. I'd have to actually look to verify this, but I think the third act of the original Redwall book is longer than this. So. <laughs> well, it's. Yep. And Frank, thankfully, all of us are happy that it is so short. Yes. <laughs> God. I don't want the last hour episode. <laughs> oh, the last two have been so long. And I've been crying on our bandwidth when we're going to our episodes end up over 100 megabytes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, your poor uh, computer's memory. It's not my computer memory. I'm more worried about our media host, Jellycast. Who, mm. if you're an aspiring podcaster and know this wasn't solicited, folks, <laughs> they're not a bad place to start because it's $25 pounds and on this, as a one-time cost, they're British. And, uh, yeah, it's 25 gigs a month. This episode of Recorder on the Wall brought to you by oh sorry. <laughs> no <laughs> brought to you by very tired Labor Day recording. Yeah, yeah. Well. Where did we leave off? What happened when we are on our last episode of Dra- Re- uh, Bossfire? <laughs> Were you about to say Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, I that's swear. the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> Yes, it ha- it's oh. ended with Martin giving an inspiring speech about how he will win and stuff, and everybody cheered. I don't know if everyone actually cheered, but in my head, everybody cheered. <laughs> Except for Bella, who was crying in the back, like, my dad's dead! Yeah, poor Bella. Suck it up. <laughs> oh, ow! Oh, wow! Okay. Drew never become a, a grief counselor. <laughs> Stop crying, darn it. <laughs> or, or do, because I don't think there's ever been a counselor that has done that. So. <laughs> I hope not. The new thing. So, yeah. So yes. Millennial so grief counseling. Oh, <laughs> well, we might need some before the book is over. Um, I read Jeremy's notes, so. I know, spoilers here. <laughs> spoilers? So, <laughs> when we left off, Martin not only... Uh, it, tell me if this sounds familiar. He's gathered... He's got uh, a bunch of shrews gathered to him. He's got woodlanders uh, in an army, and they're about to take down a mad a bl- a mad tyrant in the in their fortress. Oh, deja vu. No, I've never heard of this before. Uh, Lord of the Rings? That, that, according to Martin, that never happened. <laughs> Oh, right, right, right. And according to publishing orders, that didn't happen either. (laughs) Right. So it's like reverse deja vu. Hmm. Or something. So. But yes, they're definitely... They're out to take down Sarminia and take down Kotir. And uh, as we pick open the book, we're literally told that, hey, that flooding plan, it's working. Hey... And Sarmina's so like, oh, the tripping is gone. That means all my problems have left. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Yep. Hey, Brog, you want to dig some pits for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brog. I kind of feel sorry for him in a way. 
I do too. Because he's just so incredibly dumb. <laughs> and loyal. Yeah. Stupid, but loyal. Which, considering how many of her officers were either deliberate backstabbers, have deserted, or are, you know, are dead. Um, or threatening to desert. She kind of needs loyalty at the moment. I yeah. just wish it was smart loyalty. Well, that's because the smart ones are either dead or left. That's yeah. Or eaten by the eagle. Well, well not eaten. Yeah. Killed. <laughs> I wouldn't call the hero of Stoat from the very <laughs> book one a hero. Uh, uh, smart. No. He was also oh. kind of dumb. Clud. Oh, yeah. There, Clud let the me find the otter hand. Log. <laughs> you can float like one. I'll say that. So, yeah, Sarmenia's biggest plan now is she's going to have her soldiers dig pits out in the middle of the forest to trap the woodlanders. Because it's not like they have, you know a spy or squirrels can't watch them do it and make no. note of where they are. Yeah, I, I really yeah. doubt any of them are going to fall for the old bent sapling trick. Yeah. With the old noose on it. I'm like, yeah, I, I just see like one of the otters or squirrels looking at it just like laughing, shaking their head and walking it's, away. It's pretty clear that Sarmana's sanity has degraded substantially. Yeah. Very. I mean, at this point she's like bipolar to a, a fault, she she's the 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 sound has stopped. She, so she's in a almost a high, and she's acting rather strangely happy, and it it just seems so out of place for her. Oh, been steadily going nuts throughout the whole book. I mean, I mean she we, shot a weasel and thought it was gingivere in disguise. Yes. And we've seen crazy bad guys before, and to to be fair, all of the bad guys we face, they they all have those last moments of oh everything's falling apart. But only Slagar before this that we've actually covered has been well and truly nuts. So and we never saw his decline. We just he was nuts. He was calculated, but he was nuts. So Armenia's yeah. her. You know, her fall into madness here, it's almost Lady Macbeth-like, I want to say. A little bit. And I was just thinking, like, I kind of compare her to her uncle, Ungatron, because she seems to have the same, like, superiority complex. Like, these animals will easily fall for my traps because they are not smart, and I am the only one who is smart because I am a superior species. <laughs> well, like, look, yeah. at who she, look at who she's surrounded by. Yeah. Yeah. She might yeah. think that the Woodlanders are as dumb as her own soldiers. Yeah. Like, I could see her soldiers getting caught by their own traps while trying to set them up. Oh, yeah. Me too. And there's no vermin HR now to yep. to fill out the paperwork Lady, for that, so... Cut me down. Yep. Ah, but over at the Woodlanders, we actually see them t- being tactically smart. They're like, hey, those kids, let's not leave them in Brock Hall. Yeah. Let's send him to the Gingivere and his wife. So, and we find out that Martin's famous armor actually was Tim Ballistos. Yeah. What? Tim Ballisto. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. yeah. Tim Ballisto. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, what, yeah, that's what I always thought. Him that too. came out of nowhere. 
Like, it was like just, yep. yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, where did t- <laughs> I found some old armor in the ship. I think this was mine. Here, have it. <laughs> yeah, where did Timmy get this? Internet? Uh, <laughs> eBay. Found it on eBay. <laughs> uh, certainly Mock not too fair to switch it up, but yeah. Moss Flower Prime. Prime. You, get it, you get it in two days. <laughs> okay, that was good. Um, but... I mean, no, literally, where did Tim get this? Because, um... It said it was last his we old, saw. It said it was his old armor that he found on the ship, so he must have had it before he was captured, and then when he was captured, well, rats just kept it around. Okay, I'm, not deni- I'm not denying that, but Luke, in the Luke's caves, they had no metalworking ability. That was kind of obvious. He might have gotten it from a sea rat he killed. Okay, I'll I'll grant you that. Yeah. <laughs> Considering in book when we were reading book two of Legend of Luke, they said that most of the pretty much all the weapons they had came from all the sea rats that they tricked and killed, and they just kept all their stuff. So that'd probably and be the most likely source, because I I don't know, but uh, a, a, a full suit of armor would be a seriously expensive thing. <laughs> I mean, not even economy, just time and time and material investment. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. It's expensive. Yeah, outsource. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, does Martin have a shield here? I, did I? I didn't. No, I'm trying right. to look for that. No, but what hmm, was interesting? Where did that, that come? What was interesting is that they, the Woodlanders, supplied him with a scabbard for his sword, which he didn't have before. Apparently, that fit his sword perfectly. Hmm. Yep. Huh. But uh, so where where did his shield come from? Because it's still the <laughs> well, the shield that was in like one book and never was mentioned yeah. ever again. <laughs> yes. And Mark or uh, Matt Matthias didn't even bother with it. And Matameo. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jake's forgot about it <laughs> or just like, eh, forget <laughs> it. Whatever. <laughs> Sword's more important. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. But <laughs> it's kind of like hmm. It was actually just anyway. like just, it was just like Martin's favorite dish tray, and when they found it, it had the end. They're like, "Oh, it's a shield!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. Um, and then his enemies can say, "He defeated me with a dish tray." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we get to uh, we get to probably the most badass scene in this book. When Martin and the other leaders of Corim can basically walk right up to Castle Cotier and uh, call, call just draws calls her out. Yeah, just goes like, if you don't leave Mossflower, I will take this entire castle apart and bury you with it. Yep. Well, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah, that was just awesome. <laughs> and even, but Sarmina's like, wait. Oh, the leaders are here. I can... Oh, there's a lot of squirrels in the trees pointing arrows at me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. I, I, also, <laughs> I also want to point out that... Uh, let's remind me that the last time Martin faced a major foe of evil, wh- there was no quiet, deliberate relation where he's just like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm giving you the chance to surrender. He, uh, he just, as we're told, screaming like a wounded wolf, as I recall... He yeah. just went right after Bad Rang and fought on pure pure adrenaline. Oh, he's grown up since Blood Wrath, whatever. Yeah. He's grown considerably. Certainly. 
Yeah. And uh, it, it's his level tone. Um, it, I love how it, he, even just in a battle of words, he just undermines Armenia completely. So. Yeah, when they reveal those squirrels pointing the arrows at her, he's like, fine, kill us. You'll die. And it'll be mm-hmm. worth it. That would have been faster. You know, keep that in mind, because um, I'm going to take issue with some of his actions later. Oh. So. Yeah, basically he gets to the... Oh, we lost Katie. Alright, I'll give her a minute to come back. But, yeah... He gives her the offer. Hey, you can leave. You get till sunset tonight, and then we leave. Or not, we leave. You can leave till. <laughs> then we get out of here. Get out. <laughs> Someone else say it because I'm He's tripping over my own and her forces. Landlord Martin what... has shown up and is like, "Yo, you gotta get out. <laughs> this I'm condemning this building." <laughs> You're like six months <laughs> late on rent. <laughs> You've let the place flood. I mean, come on. I'm not going to get back that deposit, am I? Wait, flood? What are you talking about? Nothing? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, just dripping. Yes, lots and lots of dripping. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and then after... The, and they lock the gates, essentially locking Sarmina and her forces in. And Sarmina's like, no, get them! And all of her forces are like, okay, uh, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll get on that. <laughs> and we and, get... Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're too polite on this show. Yep. <laughs> so Martin's... Martin tells his forces, we're just here to defend ourselves. Don't wholesale slaughter them. Again, this is probably different than the last time we saw him fight a huge villain of evil. Yep. Because, pretty sure the the, the Fern Freedom Fighters wasn't. They killed everybody. Except Clog. Yeah, Clog was the only one that lived. He was hiding under, like, a wheelbarrow or something. No stoats here. Go away. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, guys. Let's move on. <laughs> oh. And in the in the fight, though, I did notice Brog isn't a coward. Like he could have just sat in the back and been like, you know, like waved his brand new sword and swirled his new cloak and like to- like given the orders. But no, he mar- he rushes Martin on his own. Like. Maybe he, I mean, granted, it might just be courage and stupidity, but still, I mean, he's not sitting back there trying to give orders. He's actually trying to take it to their leader. Doesn't go yeah. well for him, but, you know. And it's also, we also have the Salamandrastron hares, six of them, who are uh, using pikes to poke at the vermin. Yep. <laughs> poke. My stick is longer than yours. Poke, poke. I shall poke you gently with my spear. <laughs> and by that, I mean kill you sharply. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Stop that! <laughs> that hurts! Stop, stop. Hurry. <laughs> uh, we also get a very humorous scene of Sarmenia ordering her archers to fire into the woods, and there's no one there. Yeah. 
this is where her insanity pops up again. Psychosis. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh, it, I mean, it's technically smart through making them waste their arrows. So. Yeah. Well, and, and at least she's not like Badrang that just sees like a bunch of people approaching, doesn't get a good look, and go, Quick, kill them! It's gotta be them! <laughs> it's gotta be our enemies! And like, oh, shoot, that was our soldiers. <laughs> uh, well, even if she had, you know, well, there's no vermin HR. Yeah. I mean, Ashleg is gone. Hey, gone! Not my problem anymore. It sounds like that's not my problem. So, what are your guys' theories? To abuse my own troops now. (laughs) (laughs) What do you? Where do? What's your guys' theories on where Ashley ended up? I I mean, I wrote into the description of the last episode. He's selling his wares on Berman Etsy because I thought it was funny. Um, (laughs) Or is it Most Power Prime? Um, Craigslist. Would be Craigslist. Ashley's list. Yeah, he names it after himself. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember which direction Ashleg went. Did it? I'm very sure eastward, I think. East. So that'd be. That'd be toward. Further into. That'd be a bit like toward Lomhedge, that direction. Oh, I'm sure yeah, he had just a fun, <laughs> fun time going that way. He died of the plague. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think he's probably he's probably set up shop somewhere and uh, never has to worry about an eagle ever again. And died away. Actually, it would have been Aww. funny if he would have been traveling and like I'm finally free of the eagle. What's that thing dropping out of the air that's clutching a dead fox? Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> But yes, um, so Sarmina sends her forces out with Brog in the lead, and Brog's like, I'm going to challenge Martin. Why is he killing everybody who's going at him? Huh, I see. I thought I had a sword. I'm just holding a handle. Don't you hate when that happens? Parlay? (laughs) (laughs) And Martin just looks at him and goes, go back to your queen and tell her we won. Boom. (laughs) Okay. I like the two different perspectives um, from that fight. Uh, There was a... They went back to celebrate. uh, The Woodlanders went back to celebrate, and Sarmina was uh, berating her own troops for their failure. (laughs) Where was it? And Martin also explains his rationale here, why he's not just slaughtering every code or soldier he can find, like he would have done for Patrang. Um, it's basically, hey, we can do this better. We just need to defeat them, demoralize them, mm-hmm. kill only we have the ones we have to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's eventually, uh, eventually they're, they're going to desert or they'll, uh, they'll take care of the queen for us is kind of the implication I got. Martin looks at his Sarmina is the only one that they actually need to get rid like to kill because once she's gone it's not like her soldiers are going to have any heart left to fight at this point the only thing really pushing them is fear of her and even then that's not a whole lot no the last tactical smart officer she had was Bane and well 
We saw what happened to him. He went to fly like an eagle. Yeah. Let his spirit carry him. Yep. I actually had a little bit of fun imagining an alternate story. Um, oh, yeah? I don't want to go off on a huge tangent, but at this point, the troops are getting oh. sick of Sarmana. But what if it got to the point where they just didn't care? They realized that Sarmana really couldn't kill all of them. And if there were enough of them, they'd be able to kill her. And they end up basically almost killing her and giving her to the Woodlanders, hoping that they would be let let go. I'd That would probably shake out exactly the way you say it. I think Martin would be smart enough to realize that without Sarmina in, the ch- in charge, he's uh, that he'd be at least partially merciful enough to let them go. So... Mm-hmm. I'd read this time, say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of actually writing some alternate endings to several of the books. One especially of interest would be uh, Outcast of Redwall, but you guys haven't gotten to that yet, so... No, we have not. Um, maybe where Luke doesn't go off and isn't a terrible father? So... <laughs> I don't think there's enough rewriting to make that family, <laughs> but you know. Uh, or a grandma doesn't die a horrible death. Again, there's not enough rewriting that could make that a reality. <laughs> and also, at least at the moment when the they actually essentially she is faced with mutiny, and a difference between her and especially her uncle, whose solution to mutiny is. Kill, 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 make an example, string them up, do throw them out windows, things like that. She merely she does threaten them, but she also says, like, well, where would you go? She instills the fear that if they try to leave, the Woodlanders would finish them off. And she's like, if you leave, you're not getting anything from here. And she tries to boost, you know, she flat out lies to them and tries to boost their confidence by like, oh, there's no food shortage. Tomorrow you get all double rations, which... At the moment, it's not a lie because by the next day we know what happens to the Dakota. But yeah, we also have that rat Wag who does kind of speak up and to her, and she's like, "Well," and she actually explains like things to him. You know, she doesn't just go, "Well, I'm going to kill you and make an example out of you." That comes later. Apparently, it was her golden rule not to explain anything to her troops, which seems like the worst. Plan for any leader to have. <laughs> well, granted, oh. most of her troops were kind of you know dumb as a mud fence and had the attention span of gnats. So <laughs> some of them might have uh, here's, misunderstood bigger I mean, words like the. You mentioned her uncle, and you funny that because we actually saw in that book a good portion of his troops did desert. Here she's only got one. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's selling his wares somewhere out in Mossflower. So. Or dying of the plague. Whichever works better. <laughs> oh. So, uh. So Martin yeah. shows up at sunset and is like, hey, you heard me. What what are you going to do? So, I mean, he's like, I'm going to take advantage of that worthless armor you're wearing and shoot you right in the hip on it by that shooting worthless armor. 
Yeah. Tis but a flesh wound. Yeah. Seriously, like, she must be a crack... Either she's a crack shot, or that armor is just, like, got massive gaping holes in it. That's well, that we're told that... did a number on it, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're told that the, uh... That he had actually reinforced that spot on his armor a little bit when after they pulled the arrow out of him. After she shot him, or before? Before. <laughs> before. It's a worthless armor. Uh, He's yeah. got a sword made out of a meteor, but an armor made out of tinfoil. Tinfoil. No, I'm quoting here. Tolimbusto held the sling pouch where the, the arrow's still sticking from it. It would have been a different story without the stone carrier. So essentially he had put an extra level, a couple of, a layer of stones I'm gonna, inside of a pouch. Well, that was just his sling pouch. I'm going to go with it. It was just hanging there and she just happened to shoot the right spot. Oh. I, it does not sound like uh, he planned that. Oh, I always remember that he was he had reinforced the armor, but I, I could be wrong. Shoot here. <laughs> she got a tactical advantage. She no longer has the swing pouch. Yep. They Martin, Martin, why, Martin, why are you mooning Tarsminia? She's not going to shoot me in the butt. She <laughs> shot me in the butt! <laughs> My one weakness... And given most of the artwork for this series, doesn't shows that no one seems to wear armor below the waist. No yeah, wear pants. Period. <laughs> pants are for sissies. Yeah. Well, in the uh, hey. cartoon when Matthias wore Martin's armor, it had no greaves, like it had no pants on it. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Like Clooney literally could have just like cut at your legs, and well, that was the end of that. <laughs> Yeah, Katie, we were just talking about the fact that Martin got shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. He took it like uh, a champ. Yeah. Yes, he did. Because yeah. <laughs> even when he wakes back up, they're like, uh, yeah, you need to stay down. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Like, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I have to go break our ship. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was I the one that wa- was I the only one that wasn't torn up about the ship being sunk? I, I really wasn't eh. what ship I no. I didn't care at all yeah. I've read the story enough to know that they refloated at the end yeah spoilers um <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um what ship dies <laughs> oh no hey I recall my papa what, having a card on that joke sinks oh darn <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, as a maybe I didn't uh, absorb it as a kid, but I, I was like, why did you bother to sink it if you're just going to refloat it? Yep. And then reading as an adult, I'm like, oh, they damned the water, damned the river with it. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. That makes more the river, sense. <laughs> as they're damning the river, so I mean, it's like, damn the river. Yeah, by Hey Katie, was the ship was the song that Gaunt did for the ship? Well, how did they play it in the audiobook? It was it was sad. It was a sad song. Oh. Yes. It's like it's like that that meme. Squidward's crying. He's like, "Oh, who put these onions here?" <laughs> yes. Exactly that. And Martin is surprisingly attached to this ship. Yeah, he's, he's just a, like he, at one point. 
in the audio book like, so funny because he's just like I can't bear to look at it anymore <laughs> like oh wow I dude feel like, I feel like all of the or slaves would be cheering yeah, yeah I know right it's, it's like this thing was knows how was long a, it was a slave galley like a week ago <laughs> hey why are they trying to burn it stop burning it <laughs> my brother died in there <laughs> So what? Well, we'll come back to it, but I'm kind of curious what happens to the ship after it's all said and done. But we'll come back to that. It so, yeah, goes they, to wherever Martin's shield is. Mm. So yeah, they uh, the river is dammed, and the entire river moss is essentially flooding into where Kotur is. So hmm. And even Formal and Old Denny were like, huh. That happened. <laughs> and feel it in their digging claws. By the way, stand on my tunnel is my new best saying. <laughs> my new favorite saying. Stand on my tunnel. It is a good one. Moles say it all the time. Um, what else? So, yeah, the... Then it goes into night, and they're like, "Oh well, I'm I'm sure nothing's going down, going bad down there, right?" <laughs> hey guys, what's that water sound? Huh? Two guards drowned. <laughs> Good. Those oh, guards were. How they couldn't have been coming in so fast. I I had the same question. Like, was the sleepers. door locked? What uh? uh but well, they were probably asleep on the job. Yeah. Well, and keep in mind, too, that they might have been feeling, like, weak from hunger, and so maybe they were like, I'm sleeping. Oh, no, water. And then they were too fatigued to, like... That's the only thing I can think oh. of. It was just oh, an wow. easier out than working for yeah. Sarmina. <laughs> that went very dark. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. no, oh, you've no, got a point. Not water. <laughs> Yay, suicide joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Redwall. Darkest joke. Darkest joke. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, and then uh, they're like, hey, uh, Sarmenia, there's water coming in. You've got to think like, oh, there's got to be. There's me, it's like, ah, crap. Water? Water? She takes it well. She takes it really well. No, yeah, she, she murders owls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Kotor's flooding. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll. I, I'm sure this is going to have a good effect on the morale of the troops. Yeah, but her hey, can they swim? <laughs> well, her troops are like, well, the the mouse said he'd bring the castle down on us too, and she's like, it's just some water. We're, everything's going to be fine. Boom. What was that? <sighs> and then another yeah. boulder hits the castle, and they're like, um. <laughs> yeah, a ballista. Uh, no, a ballista in it would be better described as this sniper rifle that uh, Constance and the Beaver built in the original book. A ballista is like one of those giant arrow throwers in the in the medieval world. A Thank you, Wikipedia. Trebuchet, <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> a trebuchet or catapult is actually throw stones. So the more you know, but no, it's a ballista. So. But yes, in the only time we actually see like actual medieval siege warfare, except maybe the siege tower in the first book, 
Uh, yeah. They're throwing stones at a solid Glass building. <laughs> and why wasn't this done against Salamandastron? Why didn't Clooney think of this against Redwall? Eh. Well, Salamandastron is just like a big mountain. I don't know how much damage boulders getting thrown at it would do. It's a big rock! Hit it with raw rocks! It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Keep throwing the pebble at the big boulder. It'll move eventually. Also, I, uh, I must skedaddle. My dog just got sprayed by a skunk, so I gotta grab some tomato juice. Well, good luck with that. Oh, good luck. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, man. It's also, it's about to rain, so... Let me have a sniff. Go take care of that. Yep. Bye. Bye. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the the woodlanders are throwing boulders at at the castle, and it's it's falling apart. So um. Yep. And Brog's like. What think about sandstone? It's it's kind of a weak. It's kind yeah. of a weak stone. Yeah. And I just love how used Denny was with his. He's like, look, I hit it. Wee. <laughs> He's so happy. <laughs> that that <laughs> make me laugh. Just oh joy, oh happiness. Where to go? Yeah. <laughs> I think it took out half the troops. Yay! <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> oh, Not many of the troops actually get killed by the boulders. No, I, I think most of them, if they don't drown, they they pretty much survive this. Yeah. This is one of the few stories where most of the villain troops survive. Instead of a complete slaughter. Yeah. But, meanwhile, Serminia is handling this well. She assumes it's her traitor brother. <laughs> He's still alive. That weasel must have been a weasel. Oh, shoot, I shot one of my own men. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Wait, you did what, milady? <laughs> Nothing? She's like, shut up, frog. Just stand there and look stupid. That's what you've been best at. I'm going to rally hey. the troops. <laughs> Dang it, we're, hey. on, we're on troops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, you fool, you find another way out. I will go rally the troops. We will fight back. And Brog's like, but, oh, that boulder's getting close. Oh, maybe I should okay. move. And who else was thinking of a bad Titanic joke when we see Sarmenia and Brog talking about it, if the two of them can float on the table? I've, well, now I am. <laughs> I've, I've never seen Titanic, so... Same. Keep it that way. Um, the, okay, the move, the technical issues, of the technical parts of the movie that are actually show the ship and the actual sinking are fine. The love story is stupid. Moving on. <laughs> so yes, Brog is now squished. Hi, Sorry, Brog. Brog. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, literally, Cotier is being devastated. Just one, one siege weapon is highly yeah. effective. It's a <laughs> Woodlanders used siege weapon. It's super effective. <laughs> oh no! Used rock like, throw, like like unbelievably effective. Hey, uh, Gingerveer, we're probably destroying your ho- old house right now. Did you want? Did, I hope there wasn't anything good in your room that you wanted to keep. My Beanie Baby collection! No! Well, I said this in the last uh, episode, but um, it would have been cool to see Gingivere attend this as well. Just, you know, kind of watch it be finished. And have that support from him as well. 
Well, eh, he's, he's a new. Well, he's back on the on the farm taking care of the kids. I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been and, cool. And yep. Yeah. And he's. I mean, is this his, still his girlfriend or is this his wife officially? I forget. I don't know. <laughs> they, I think they just I refer to it as his mate. Yeah, I don't think we're ever. Told. That works too. Yeah. He's searching for the mate. <laughs> they see here. They say good day, mate. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, we back it with Abbas Jermaine Cheese talking with Columbine. It's like, oh, are those blueprints? Yes, I think I want to build an abbey, just like we had at Lomehedge, only better. <laughs> and I will call it Big Abbey. Might want to work on that name. That name. I shall call it Sandstone Abbey. <laughs> oh. No, no, that doesn't roll off the top. <laughs> hmm. Sandwall. No way. Uh. Redstone Abbey. <laughs> I don't know. Red fall. I certainly won't build it on the t- on the. I certainly won't build it on the ruins of Castle Cotier then. Yeah, that will never come back to bite me ever. Yeah, years <laughs> later, it definitely won't. Half of it definitely won't sink into the ground. You'd think the moles, with all their knowledge, would have considered that. <laughs> Uh, they might have had the same uh, mindset of a lot of people of, eh, that's the next generation's problem. Who cares? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Um, boomers. <laughs> so, yes, it's that, a beautiful that, dream. and I, Oh, but we don't want to miss this salad that Gingivere made. So, yeah, no, no, that's a, that's a thing. So Because yep. Ferdy and Cogs are eating it. <laughs> everything. Well, little kids do we, eat a lot sometimes, so... Yeah, we need we need a Brit on here to explain something because I think it's just a British thing. But every time something serious happens or whatever, they're just like, let's drink tea or let's let's act like it's not a big deal. Yeah, is, this, is it just me or is that a British thing? It may it's be. It's a culture. I mean, we're all Americans, so I can't really comment. So. Right. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on. The uh, so the culture soldiers start floating to shore and in this massive lake that is the river Moss. So, and uh, Skipper and the Hares are keeping them uh, contained. Yeah. So, and the, the Hares dialogue is still hilarious. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness, like someone, I love it so much. It's like someone zapped uh, zapped Basil so, through a, a, a copier. <laughs> you wet weasel? Oh, that's a stoat. Oh. You soaked stoat. Don't you mean saturated stoat? Oh, yes, of course. Wait, where are you going? I'm drowning myself. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I got a rat Rancid now. Rat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rancid? But r- that doesn't mean wet. It does look pretty rancid, though. Yeah. So he does. Oh, so he does. <laughs> so, his forces are like... Oh, we got to put up with this, don't we? Now we got to put up with these guys insulting us. <laughs> and all the actors that played all of the hairs are fantastic. So it's just like back and forth really fast. It's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're also told that the, the fight is pretty much out of them. They're like, no, well, there goes our house. So, um, yeah. Martin is like... But the Woodlanders are... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> 
We're very polite Canadian, here. Yeah, Canadian standoff. Martin just goes like, my warrior sense is tingling. I have to, he's like sneaks off. I like, must go. <laughs> I have to go now. Oh. My must flower Doesn't needs tell me. anyone. Yeah, this is where I, I wanted to call out. Martin, this is stupid. You're going to fight Sarmenia alone. Okay, fine, whatever. You, you kind of did that with Banrang, and I, I kind of get you don't want to bring anybody else, because after what happened the last time, we don't need to repeat it. But, this is stupid. You, I mean, the kind of theme here is that we know if Sarmenia's dead, the war is won, because the rest of the soldiers aren't really going to put much of a fight. So, I'm actually saying, no, he would have been smarter just to have Lady Amber shoot her full of arrows with all the squirrels. I think it's one of the things Martin felt it was his duty to do this himself. And it's, I mean, it, again, it's not involve other people. And he wants, like, the decisive victory. Fair enough. Although, if I were writing this, I would have been made him even more snarky. Like, have him sitting on the side of the beach fishing, like, Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> nice day for fishing, isn't it? Oh, look, we caught some of well, your soldiers. So, uh... Yeah. And then he outright insults her, though. You know the fish. It's cold. Yes. Ruler. You're queen of an underwater fortress, rule of the fishes. You are scum floating offshore at a kitchen table. Nothing more. And, uh... Would you like some ointment you know, for that? Battle mode Sarina? activate. <laughs> battle mode activate. Yep. Yeah. Insert your video game boss music here, because... Oh, I was listening to Duel of the Fates, actually, when I was reading this. <laughs> This is one of the few scenes in this whole series that actually gave me uh, shivers reading the description of this fight. It was probably one of the most brutal fights. Yeah, yeah it the was. The description was probably the most brutal of any of them. And well, it, Martin is fighting with full armor. I was going to say, Martin is fighting with full armor plate and a sword, and he's facing Sarmina in her regular clothes, and Mm, to be fair, his armor doesn't last very long. No. Oh, God, no, it doesn't. No. But, it, how, we rarely, this is kind of a rarity in the series where we have anyone fighting unarmed, so to speak. Yeah, not Although, uh, the kind of it was implied earlier with Skipper versus, what's his name, Clud? Yeah. 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 They went primal over there. Okay, I'm back. And, uh, Sorry, I had to chase my dog all over the house because she grabbed a napkin and ran. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back now. Hooray! <laughs> but yes, uh, so Sarmenia, Sarmenia and Martin kind of, they duel it out, and Martin stabs her a bunch, and she claws him a bunch. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's just like, he, like, falls down and then gets back up, and then he falls down, and she's like, aha, you're dead now, and he, like, jumps back up. I'm okay. Like, oh, yep. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm still standing. Yeah. I, I love the um, the line. This the here was a warrior that would not lie down and die. Yeah, that is a good one. Why am I lying down? <laughs> well, he might be lying down, but he doesn't die, so he's not lying down and dying. Oh. <laughs> and he doesn't. And because spoilers, yes, we know he doesn't die because we saw his tomb in Redwall. Um. And then uh. Yeah, he basically just 
there's one part where she, he to, she tosses him in the water and he just stands up and he's just covered in mud like out of pr- mud and blood mud blood and, and blood and out of Predator, and he's, he's just still coming at her. Yep. And Sarmenia has the bright idea of, I'm going to retreat into the lake. Yep. I like it, uh, though, because yeah. she has finally lost it now, where she's backing away, and in her vision, she sees him getting larger and larger and scarier, and he's just standing there watching her as she just backs into the lake and eventually drowns. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. So... And uh, Martin's just like, uh, I'm okay. Womp. I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, he's kind of sitting on the lakeshore dying by himself. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he'll be fine. When Gomp finds him in the audiobook, the actor that plays Gomp did such a good job of just being devastated. With the no. wounds that it described that he had, he certainly looked like he was dead. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's okay. not the first time Martin's <laughs> taken wounds to the point of being in a coma. Well, yeah. yeah. So, um, I had a, a unique experience with this part of the book. <laughs> um, when I was originally reading this way back, I think I was in junior high. Yeah, I was in junior high school at the time. Uh, a friend of mine who had already read all the books that had released at the time told me that Martin died at the end of this book. <laughs> and I had not read Redwall because on the cover of the version of the book I got, it said the triumphant prequel to Redwall. So I'm like, okay, I'll read Mossflower and then Redwall. So I didn't know that he survived this battle, according to the lore in Redwall. And so when I got to this part, I was straight up in tears as a little kid. And oh, yeah. I, yeah, I thought he was going to die. And even when they said he was still breathing, I'm like, oh, no, there, it's it's over. And then when he woke up, I was like, what? And Surprise! Yeah, yeah I, I was so angry at my friend. <laughs> like, the next time I talked to him, I was like, you... <laughs> Sorry, bleep me. I'm going to have to bleep that. Bleep that. Yeah. But I was like, dude, you told me he died. He's like, yeah, I was just kidding. <laughs> Oh, kids are mean sometimes. They are. Uh, I'm still friends with him, by the way. <laughs> All these years later. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, so yeah. that was my experience with this part of the book. Wow. Yeah. But before, before, before we get to see if Martin actually dies or not, um... We basically say Bella, Bella the Badger Princess is like, hey, uh, we're letting you go, but you gotta promise never to come back to Mossflower or wield a weapon again, or we will kill you. Kill you. And some of you may take off on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just picture Bella on motorcycle. I didn't like, know you guys could hear that. That's <laughs> yeah, <all day. laughs> it was pretty clear, actually. It's not even that loud. It's not. It wasn't even that loud. <laughs> Your microphone must be really good then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm picturing Bella the biker badger, just like a motorcycle. <laughs> just tearing through the forest. Look, yeah. Forest. Look, we don't want to talk. Ripping not... it up on a chopper. <laughs> Look, Bella had some wild younger days. We don't want to talk too much about it, but hey, it happened. So. Oh my! I, oh my! I need to draw I that. Mean, now. 
I yeah. need to. She had, I mean, she had to beat Bark Stripe somehow. Yeah, she was, so. she was part of the biker group Dark Forest Angels. Oh my god! <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Hey guys, where happened to Martin? Oh, like, he's still alive in Tim Timbalist. I was like, no, he's totally dead. They're like, no, he's alive. You can save him, right? All right, everyone, calm down. <laughs> Timbalisto is hysterical. Timbalisto was me during this part of the book. He's just well, hysterical. To be fair, this is the like his best friend from childhood that wait, they kind of hated each other too. Um, yeah, I don't think that actually. part was developed yet. Like Jake was like, oh, they love each other, and then. And Legend of Luke's like, eh, well, actually, maybe they kind of hated each other. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, it's like, he's, as far as Tim knows, this is the last person from his original village. So, yeah. And he just got him back. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that part where the book says, like, they were separated for so long to be, and then they were reunited only for Martin to die. I was like, oh. <laughs> Again, when I first read this, like, that tore me apart. Oh, man. And it's a hell of a drug. Hey, Bella, quick, grab your motorcycle. We need you to go get, go get Abs Germain. <laughs> I was like, I don't need a motorcycle. I can run. Yeah. Oh. Uh, question. Mm-hmm. Is she running on two or four, four paws here? It mm. seems like here that she is running on four. Yeah, well, let's... Minus, yeah, let's get into this. How anthropomorphic are they? Yeah, how anthropomorphic are they in this last part of the book? Because this actually kind of uh, goes back and forth. Uh, I actually wrote notes on this. Uh, Brog and Martin's fight, there's some definite feral instances because Brog actually... Well, he's actually fighting on all fours at one point. Right. Well, he advantage. he lands and on all fours. Um, where is it? He lands on all fours and then he rushes them. Yeah. Uh, Bella also implies uh, Feral because we see her run through the forest and when she actually gets to Jujubeer's farm, she's panting and, you know, like, oh god... I, I'm okay, guys. I'm okay. I just need some water. <laughs> <laughs> well, crap. <laughs> but meanwhile, chapter 48 and shows Hermina as pretty anthropomorphic. Uh, the cover art, where it's it's literally her looking at the camera. So. <laughs> Staring into your soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah. Uh, and then, but, yeah. <laughs> Come on, go home. This isn't about you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bella gets all the way to Gingerbeers, and she's just like, eh, "I'm okay. I'm okay. I just need some water <laughs> and get some ropes to tie the b- abbas to my back." She doesn't go flying off. She's like frothing oh. at the mouth too. Like, jeez. Uh, she's not a young badger anymore either. No. Nope. So. And she still outlives every single character in the book. 
Oh my god. <laughs> it's <yeah>. true. <laughs> so yes. They uh she uh yeah. She eventually gets her second wind and recovers a bit and it takes the Abyss all the way back. So Yep. And uh And then and the Abyss is like I have come to heal you. No, she's not the medic. And she goes over to him, and she's like, "He's only mostly dead." <laughs> Big difference. Okay, who wants to go through his pockets for this change? Liar! See what reason he has to live. <laughs> nice. A nice MLP oh, when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is fresh. Oh, it's so perky. <laughs> uh, well, you guys already conquered the castle, so yeah. <laughs> Have fun breaking the castle. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> Think it'll work. It'll take Timberless, though. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yes, and, uh,. So yeah, and she starts patching him up. Fortunately, Martin has her on, in, on her as HMO. So. <laughs> She's like, do you have a copay? Uh, uh, <laughs> and Martin wakes up as like a party is going on. They're all like, yay, we won! We're partying for however long it's been that he's been out. Like, jeez. Yeah. 20 days. For a while. <laughs> We're told a score of days, so 20. So to- over th- almost three weeks later, they're like, yay, we're still partying. It's like, guys, should we get to rebuilding? Yay! I don't think no, they, they started they are- partying, like, right after, because they'd, they'd need to... There were a few people who uh, had been injured in the fight. Yeah. And I'd like to think that they've just been doing, like, frat parties all <laughs> the last three weeks. <laughs> They got a cake from the uh, squirrels and Martin the Warrior. Well, we do see Columbine trying to open the strawberry wine, and she's incapable of doing so, so something must be wrong with fine motor skills. Help me open this bottle. I'll, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> so why? Well, about that. I, Go ahead. I why don't remember that? our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why did, why did they wait for Martin to wake up to get married? Like, why did they just go ahead and do it? Uh, like, we gotta get married now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, I can't. Wait. I mean, there could be a life. Maybe a life is short thing, but you you won. I mean, yeah. Talk about your whirlwind whirlwind marriage here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, Martin, you were the best man. I mean, <laughs> I was. <laughs> you totally witnessed How did it I by miss lying this? there and had drooling on the floor. Had him propped up. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> They're like, Martin, give him the ring, and like they just have like puppet strings on his hands. <laughs> oh, no. Puppeteering. Oh, Puppeteering, Martin. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so yeah, that I I got totally got married to call to Columbine. Yay! And she's gonna make me give up of being a thief. Heh <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And they got and now they said they're gonna be living at Saint Ninian's, which we then find out in the next book is probably not true, but yeah. 
<laughs> it was too much work. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're being pra- if we're talking practical here, between Brock Hall and St. Ninians until Redwall is finished. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and we're building Redwall, guys. We totally refloated the ship you you sank, and it's going to be used as a cargo barge. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about a snake going into that uh, that the uh, go to quarry, this, huh? Right. And we're going to go to this quarry and. After we mine it, we'll never have. It'll never be a problem ever again. We bet no tons and tons of snakes won't take up uh, <laughs> residence there. And then Martin falls asleep, and we find out we get to the first of two epilogues, and we find yep. out that Bella was telling this story to Gonf's grandson. That be Gonf the yep. third. Yep. And so I like how she and golf. Oh, go ahead. Golf the second um, is like, hey, gone. That's mine. Son of gone. Yes. 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 Um, no, and makes me think. Hang on. I am Gorf, son of Moog. I am gone. Son of gone. <laughs> That's my kid, Golf. <laughs> and Bella's just like, okay, this the next one I'm naming. Yeah, it's like this is getting confusing now. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. His descendant is Danden, so they did change the name eventually. <laughs> well, we're we're told that also uh, Martin eventually made the vow to hang up the sword and become a Redwall mouse. Yay. Yep. That was the feast when the main gate was raised. Yep. And then the second epilogue, where this mysterious badger is showing up at Salamandastron. Huh. And his name is Sunflash. Sunflash. And he's carrying a big honking stick. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have Starbuck and Breeze to greet him. I'm curious if Starbuck gets him some coffee. As he rides up on his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Mom. I'm going to sell a Mandistron. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's my chopper! Not anymore! Thanks to the road outside my house, this is now a thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good job. It's, we have said it, it must be canon. Congratulations. <laughs> so yeah, we have Sunflash, and he's like, oh, that's a nice mountain. Give it. Yeah. This is mine. I, I, I need it now. No, he doesn't do it. And funny thing is, this epilogue chapter will be totally copied word for word later in a later book. Pretty much, yeah. It's a little less writing for him that to do. Yeah. So, yeah, that is Mossflower. It's over! (laughs) (laughs) That was a legitimate (laughs) melon, actually. (laughs) No more strawberry wine for you. I don't even drink. I'm tired. I am exhausted. I I walked to and from work, and I had to do, like, about an hour of overtime because stuff didn't work properly. I'm very uh. tired today. Oh, <laughs> uh, hi. Yeah. So, yay. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, that still ended up being an hour long. Just under, actually. Yep. <laughs> 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 last one. 
Well, the last one was two, so... That's like I don't know, what do you guys think of this book? All take, take it all together. Um, oh, all together, okay. Um, I really... I don't know, I like... I think Sarmina is an interesting villain. I mean, by interesting, I, I mean kind of crazy, but also, like, she... It was nice to have a female villain, because there's not many of them. No, there really isn't. So, short of... I mean, there's going to be a couple of them, and you know, you can hear them the door, the coming in and out of the doors there. Um, <laughs> but, but for the most part, there's very few singular female villains. Usually, they're either part of a group or, like in Bellmaker, they're part of a slap, slap, slap couple. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be so much fun when we get to. So, <laughs> uh, but rarely is there a singular female villain. So I'd actually argue we have more female singular female heroes here. So hmm. overall this book overall this book is it's not my favorite, but it's fine. I mean it's those those first two sections are endurance rounds, to be fair. Um and this is only the second book published, so yes he was definitely still finding his rules and pattern yet. Um, but, no, it's not bad. You know, I... I think I've... Uh, having to marathon, re- or essentially having to read the chunks, like the first two chunks, and then go over it in the podcast was definitely tiring. But I still really like this one. I remember back in the day, this was like my second or third favorite in the series. I really liked this one. This like, is just, still my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and I like the... I mean, we have... One of my favorite moments in the series comes from this book, which was Martin giving Sarmina that huge ultimatum. Is someone talking? Yeah. No. I'm, I'm, it, it almost sounds like someone's speaking computers, just this <laughs> nice amount of static. Uh, bleep bloop. <laughs> bleep bloop. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so, this one is still my favorite book out of the whole series. I like the origin of his sword. Um, I like It really shows the character of Martin the Warrior I think mm-hmm. a little bit better than Mark, the book Martin the Warrior because he's grown up over his experiences and um, it, I really like this book. The villain, the whole, the whole environment of Mossflower before Redwall. It's, it's got a very different feel than the other books. Um, a little bit more medieval, so to speak, and I, I really appreciate it. I do like Gaunt. Gaunt is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, given again, we said this last time, but this, he's essentially the author avatar. This was supposed to be Jake. Jake's representing himself in his younger years, and if that's the case, <laughs> dang, he must have been a fun kid. Yeah. Uh, because I could speak. I saw him at a book signing like back in '98, like right when Marl Fox came out, and he was so much fun just to sit and listen to. He could. He wasn't just a good writer. He was a good raconteur. Where 
telling stories mm-hmm. to the point that one of my the joke I still remember to hit best this day is that when he was talking about when Marl Fox was going to come out, oh, United Kingdom, it's going to come out on this such and such a date. But for the colonies, <laughs> it's going to come out three months later. How dare you throw our tea in Boston Harbor? Yeah. And he was totally committed to that little bit of acting. Like, he genuinely got mad for that little moment. <laughs> <laughs> and they just had the biggest, the biggest grin on his face the next second. And, <laughs> of course, we all laughed. You can still find some of those around... Yeah, I have one years. actually. I got it on Audible. Yeah, but it's it's really cool just listening to him talk and telling stories about his childhood and and people that he's met. Yeah, he's he just seems like a really neat guy. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but on the Redwall Wiki, um, Lord TBT, I believe that's his, his name. Um, they, he was saying that they compiled a bunch of the recordings and. Uh, Little extras from the TV show, piled them all together into one big thing. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Or at least it's a collection of links to be able to find them. Uh huh. So. Cool. I wonder if I. I wonder if we get popular enough to list us on the Redwall Wiki. So. We can dream. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yay, that wraps up Mustflower. So, I'm very happy. Next, we have to go all the way... We have we have to go back <laughs> to Legend of Luke. Morty! Um, Legend of Luke, book one. Yes. Yeah, and we're going to find out what happened when Mardwell was being built. And built. Did Martin ever care about his father ever again? Find out next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> same time, anyway, same I'm station. <laughs> anyway, I'm Pete. I'm Jeremy. I'm Katie. I'm Scars. And Drew had to leave early. And are we going to talk what? about social media stuff? Oh, yes, I'll take it because <laughs> it, uh, Jeremy would pass out <laughs> if he tries it again. So... If you're looking for us out there on the wild, wild web, you can find us on recorderonthewall.com is our native home site. We are on iTunes podcast li- listings as well as Google Play podcasts. We are active on the Redwall forums as well as the Redwall subreddit, Eulalia. And we also have both a, a, a feedback email of rotwpod at gmail.com. And funny enough, that's also our Twitter handle. ROTW pot. Uh, I've really been trying to engage the greater community on there, and I've actually yeah, talked to a few cool people that way. Yeah, we're so. very active on Twitter. Cool. Yes. Well, that's what I do in my lunch break. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah. I think I sent out one okay. tweet after I, tr- I figured out how the thing worked. <laughs> Jeremy has not been the biggest fan of social media ever since it came out, and I actually respect that. So, yep. so anyway, signing off, I'm Pete. I'm, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Scars. And I'm Drew, not really. So, he'll be back next time. And folks, we'll see you when we come around again. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.